You're listening to the midweek edition of the 1208 Podcast. enjoyed playing with your team today. Aren't they great? And enormously tall. Uh, Kevin and Janae, uh, they they have their Sundays worked out for them. They uh, also lead worship at our church every other week, so we really appreciate them. And uh, if you don't know me, I've been here before. Used to play guitar right here and jam out a little too loud. Good times back then. Uh, but uh, my parents are Jeff Carroll Bradley and uh, my grandparents, Grandma, sitting over here. Hey, Grandma. Uh, don't draw attention to me. I don't know what you're going to say yet. That's what she's thinking. Uh, uh, but I've got good news for you today. I'm a guest speaker, so if you don't like what I have to say, you don't have to listen to me again. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit, uh, it's through his power that Jesus did miracles a lot. A lot. It took me a long time to notice this because Jesus, for me, was just always like this guy who just did crazy stuff because Jesus is God, right? So since Jesus is God, just by definition, Jesus can do whatever he wants. And there are some elements when Jesus does things where you see the disciples are like, what is this? Man can't do this. This is just unbelievable. This, this guy is beyond human. Uh, but you also see the Bible also telling the narrative that Jesus is uh, baptized in water. And when he comes out, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on him. And it's after that moment where suddenly he starts walking in power, going out to all these different places and and walking in power and ministry and healing and teaching. Not just your average kind of teaching, the kind of teaching where like you hear it and you're like, who is this man? He speaks with such authority. It's, it's like almost like the supernatural feeling we're getting in his words. And we start to realize that Jesus, part of the reason he can do miracles and walk in power is because the Holy Spirit is so fully upon him. And we, we have to come to that understanding to some extent, because otherwise, people in the Old Testament, we'd have to say that they were God too, which we know isn't true. But Elijah, he did miracles. Uh, Elijah raised the dead. Jesus wasn't the first person to do it. Elijah raised a dead boy back to life. And we wouldn't say that Elijah did that because he's God, right? We say Elijah did that because the Holy Spirit was working on his life too. So all throughout history, there has been this biblical story about this Holy Spirit who, when he comes on people's lives, he works in power. Now, throughout the Old Testament, it wasn't super often that you came across people who were empowered in this way. But in the New Testament, you see the fullness of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. This is what he's capable of. And then as you keep going, you get to the book of Acts and you get to that holiday we call Pentecost. And a a prophecy from long ago said, one day God is going to pour out his spirit on people of all ages, all ethnicities, all social levels. Whether you're a master or a slave, the Holy Spirit one day will be poured out on all of us. And you see that happen in the book of Acts at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire rush on people. And from that moment on, Christians are empowered to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, fast forward 2,000 years later, and this isn't what our churches always look like. Uh, At least that was my experience growing up. I was like, I don't know who this Holy Spirit really is. I'm told that he did powerful things a long time ago, but now I'm told if someone needs to get healed, that it's best to send them to the doctors and pray that God worked through the doctor's hands. And that was kind of like the extent to which God did healing anymore. He didn't really need to speak in the ways that he used to because he just doesn't need to use those tactics anymore. We're too civilized, too grown up to be on those moments. And so I always thought this was weird. And part of the reason I thought it was weird is because the one being that I was told had power that I had to be afraid of and be wary of and never get close to was Satan. (laughs) Satan has power. Stay away from these things, from all this. But God, well, yeah, he's king of the universe, but he doesn't really use power anymore. I, I just, you know, I was told this kind of narrative that I didn't quite understand. And it took me a long time to start understanding it. And as I started to understand it in about college, uh, I started seeing that at least within the Free Methodist Church, we have roots in the work of the Holy Spirit. John Wesley, a lot of times today, John Wesley, who started the Methodist movement, is just known as like a really smart guy. But if you read his journals, and there's some weird stuff going on in there. <laughs> there's moments where like he's on his knees just crying and weeping because the Spirit has come on him so strongly. There's moments where his entire prayer team, they're up in the middle of the night on New Year's praying, and suddenly they're all just kind of like on the floor weeping and laughing and, and crying because God's presence has come so strongly. As you keep reading, you see that Methodism has all kinds of stories like this. John Wesley, he would, he would preach out in the fields. So he's out in the fields once, and he says, I was preaching when all of a sudden there's this guy who comes to my mind, this imminent backslider. That wasn't British. I don't know why. This, this imminent backslider came to my mind, right? John Wesley was British. It probably didn't sound like that. But anyways... He came to his mind, and John Wesley, rather than just be like, it's kind of where he's on his mind, he kind of is like, I wonder if this is like a sign from God. And so he says, hey, John, or whatever the guy's name was, is, is John here somewhere? And then John Wesley just writes, down fell John like a stone. <laughs> the Holy Spirit just came on John in that moment and just poof, right to the ground. And this would happen all the time in the Methodist revival to the point that like, people would show up to see what these Methodists were all about because they were crazy. There's all these weird stories always happening. One guy remembers, like, just he's got knit brows. He's staring at his friend, and his friend's just like, those spirits come on him. And he's like, this isn't real. This isn't happening. This is weird. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes on this guy, (laughs) and he falls to the ground. John Wesley writes in his journals about demons that he cast out and what these demons were, like, saying to him and and how long it took him to cast them out. And here's a story. Uh, Right around Christmas time, a guy named Mr. Myrick is dying. He's passing away. And John Wesley decides we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for healing. So he goes, uh, I think with a few others, and they're praying for Mr. Myrick. And sure enough, life begins to return to him, and he gets better. He gets better. But then on Christmas Day, he gets sick again. And this time he's like, for real, he's going to die. It's not doing well. But then uh, John Wesley and his friends come and they begin to pray again and they worship God. And, and suddenly Mr. Myrick, actually, I think John actually says at one point, like, he was dead. There was no life left in him. But by the time we were done praying, he was back again. Now, for people like me, I'm like, well, that's just something that Jesus did. But then the Bible's like, no. <laughs> 
Elijah did that in the Old Testament. Paul did that when a kid fell asleep while he was preaching on the second floor, fell off the balcony and died on the ground. I hope that I don't put you to sleep that badly today. And then Paul had to, no, he's just sleeping, raise him back to life. Some lady named Dorcas, unfortunate name, uh, she was raised back to life. There's just these stories throughout the Bible where Jesus is not the only person operating in the power of the Spirit in such an incredible way to bring people back to life. And that includes, even in our own history, as free Methodists, for we come out of that Methodist movement with John Wesley. In fact, if, if any of you were at General Conference for the Free Methodist Church in Florida just last month, I think, man, they pushed this hard. Like never before, the Free Methodist Church was saying from the stage, you guys, you got to learn spiritual gifts. you got to train up your church to, to walk in power, to do ministry along with the Holy Spirit. Because that was Jesus' expectation of us. Amen. It was his expectation of the disciples. You know, he told the disciples in Luke, do not leave the city until you have been clothed with power. In other words, don't go out into the world and start ministry until you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want to do the works that I'm doing, don't go do it out of your own power. Do it out of mine. But how often in the church today are we just doing things out of our own human strength? How often do we hit rock bottom? Because time and time again, we've just been trying to work up our own effort rather than rely on the Holy Spirit who makes us a new creation and makes these changes, who's, who's not just walking in power, but morality as well, who installs in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you want these qualities in your life? Yeah. Biblically, you can't produce them out of your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. So my journey began to shift. I start seeing it in our history, and I start seeing it in my life. I'm in college, and I run into this professor, used to be a Methodist pastor, and he starts telling the weirdest stories, stories that just didn't line up in my head. He's talking about how, you know, I was uh, uh, preaching at my church one day when this lady in, like, the front row just died. <laughs> like, that is an unfortunate day to be preaching. Uh, but that's, that's his story. And he's like, I don't know what came over me, but I just said in that moment she will be alive by the time she gets to the hospital and that this guy uh who was like the the like doctor of doctors in his town he comes over he's checked he checks he's like no she's she's gone man <laughs> that's not gonna happen sure enough he gets a call from her later that day in the hospital will you come visit me this doctor's even face he's like i i gotta see this there's no way that they they brought her back it had been too long and that's part of his story in entering into this. And he sees more stories happen, too, where uh, there's this girl with cancer, this young girl, and they start praying for her. God, would you remove the cancer? And this was a story that really hit me because the prayer was answered. She was cancer free. It was taken away. I'm like, you can't heal cancer. I don't know why I thought this. You look at the stories that Jesus does in the Bible. It's like, cancer, no problem. But in my mind, I'm like, if doctors can't heal it, Jesus can't heal it. And maybe that's not good theology, but that's the way, that's the way that my mind was working. If doctors can't fix it, Jesus can't fix it. But sure enough, this average Joe of a man, this professor, prays for a little girl and cancer which we always look at as this death threat, there's no coming back, and even if it does go away, we're stuck in remission, who knows what will happen. This little girl healed in that moment. 
And so I, I'm like, I got to learn from this guy. I don't understand this stuff. I wasn't taught this stuff growing up. I got to learn this stuff. So I start telling him, like, let me just follow you around <laughs> and let me just kind of soak in the things you do and try to figure this out. And so I start doing this. He takes me to a, a church, a Catholic church of all places uh, where I'm like, I don't think this stuff is happening in the Catholic church. Sure enough, it is. The guy gets up on the stage. He's like, I've been listening to the Holy Spirit. Here's like 50 words that come to mind that I would just like you all to consider if this is for you or not. He gives all these words. And then I have to be a part of this prayer team. And I go around and I'm praying for people I don't know, which I'm uncomfortable with. This is the way that my professor would train me. You just got to do it. Just get out there and do it. I'm like, okay. So I'm praying for people. And I don't really see anything crazy happen that night. But I do see some people tear up a little bit. Uh, I, I go to Chicago with him. I get in the car to leave Spring Arbor University. And as I get in the car, he's like, man, I just, as I've been praying, I just have this overwhelming sense we're going to have to cast out a demon when we're in Chicago. And I've done this a hundred times. I just hate doing it because it takes so long and it's really annoying. <laughs> you know, like nonchalantly talking about this. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, super annoying. What <laughs> I'm like, sure, we'll see if this even happens. We get there, second night, we're leading worship, and then all of a sudden this girl falls to the floor, kind of starts moving around like a snake. He discerns like that this manifestation, he's seen it before, he thinks it's connected to a spirit of witchcraft. I'm like, yep, following all this, sure, whatever. Uh, and he starts praying, and here in Chicago, he hands me a Bible and he says, all right, now you try to do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just read the Bible. They don't like the Bible, read it. I'm like, okay. So I open it, and I start reading a passage about Jesus casting out a demon. It was kind of just like open point, let's see what this is, you know. And, you know, he uses that. He's like, hear that demon? Jesus cast this one out. He cast you out too. Like, uh-huh. All right. He's like, now go to Revelation. They hate that stuff. <laughs> okay. Flip to Revelation. And I think I chose like a boring part of Revelation. You know, like, to my friends and Lady Osea, how are you? You know, so I'm, I don't know. Whatever the case was, I'm reading a part and it's just not super going well. A friend takes it like, let me show you how this is done. Yeah, teach you how to read the Bible. Starts reading the Bible. And after some time, this girl has just kind of been writhing on the floor and screaming, uh, and it kind of softly screaming. It wasn't like super noticeable in this case. Uh, finally, the demon is removed, and she gets up, and we're like, okay, now you need to go home, spend some time in worship, and uh, just uh, continue to soak in God's presence. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of world I've entered into right now. <laughs> But all this has apparently been going on for my whole life, and I just haven't had the eyes to see it or the knowledge to believe in it. And now my life is being shifted because here I am watching a Jesus who clearly didn't end on the cross, but ended in the heavens on a throne and sent his spirit to us and said, now you go do the same things that I was doing. And 2,000 years have passed, but apparently the rules haven't changed. <laughs> And so my life's starting to, to shift, and now people are, are starting to speak in words into my life that they shouldn't know. I remember this complete stranger. I'm playing guitar for a worship service, and he comes up, and he's like, just want to pray for you. God says right now your guitar's your instrument, but one day your mouth will be. And I'm like, dude, I, I have been studying to be a pastor for some time, but like nobody seems to want to listen to anything that I have to say. I can't seem to find the space and to the point that I'm in college studying to be a pastor. I'm just like, 
Is this even the right thing to do? Should I even be pursuing this? And here he comes right in that moment. God is going to use your mouth one day. And then I go up uh, to this lady in a Pentecostal church I'm playing worship in. And she comes up and she's just like, uh, this older lady, she's just like, you need to learn to cry again. I haven't cried in like, I don't know, 10, 15 years or something. I'm like, how do you know that? Get away from me. <laughs> it's like, so weird. You shouldn't know that. I go back to the church. About a month later, another old lady comes up to me. She's like, you need to learn to cry again. I'm like, Are you all talking to each other? <laughs> what is this? What's going on here? I have a friend, a college student who was in our church for some time. I uh, pastor a church in Jackson, not far from here. Um, it's called 1208 Greenwood. It's a downtown urban church, uh, not actually Jackson Free Methodist. So if you don't like what I'm saying, don't, don't blame it on them. It's a different church. Um, but uh, what was I talking about? Oh, boy. 12? Yeah, but before that. Crying, Crying lady, followed by a student at our church. Thank you very much. You know, it was great. Last week at our church, I, I completely couldn't remember what I was saying. And I asked everyone and no one knew either. <laughs> I was like, this is great, guys. Thanks for listening. Apparently, I'm not even listening to myself. Um, so the student comes up to me. He's like, Jamin, I just feel like I had this vision of sorts while we were worshiping today. Right now, you're in a, a meat factory. But down the road, God is calling you into a bakery. So right now, ministry and life, it's kind of like, you know, blood and sweat, smells gross, it's unpleasant, you don't like doing this, but God's calling you into a place where things are smelling nice, it's better, it's a joy to design these things, and so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, well, that's a good word, I'll kind of test that out, see what God has to say. Then it was like half a year later, a different student comes up to me, he's like, Jamin, I just had this vision of a bakery. I'm like, what on earth? (laughs) You guys got to be talking to each other. It's just amazing that God would speak so precisely in these ways. And I I started to experience them in other ways, too. Like I usually when it comes to to prayer for healing, I'm usually on the side praying for people to be healed. But I remember one day I had been uh, climbing a ladder up and down, doing some painting all day long. And my feet hurt so bad. And I walked in my apartment at the time. And I tried to make sure my wife knew how bad I hurt. You know how it goes. <laughs> oh, long day, you know. Uh, and she's like uh, completely ignoring me. I'm like, mm, my feet just hurt so bad. Trying to imply the possibility. Maybe you could massage them or something. I don't know. Uh, and she just completely, you know, not paying attention at all. I go up into my room and I just collapse on the bed. I'm like, Okay. And then I start to pray a very Jamin-esque prayer. God, if you could motivate my wife (laughs) to come rub my feet, (laughs) that would be terrific. And then as a joke of a prayer following that, I said, or, you know, you could do it instantly. Instantly it was gone. (laughs) All the pain in my feet as a joke of a prayer, you know, Bible says you got to have faith when you're praying. I don't know how much faith that was, but it was mustard seed-like faith, right? I'm like, okay. Uh, I stood up. I'm like, oh, it's gone. I don't feel it anymore. I go downstairs, a different person. Jody, look. You know? uh, what's going on? It's, it's all gone. I don't feel it. Okay. <laughs> and so I start seeing, like, the Holy Spirit is real. He's powerful. He's alive and well today. And it's out of that... Uh, 
it's out of that movement that God has done in my own life that we, we try it, uh, to make sure that we leave this space uh, any Sunday at our church for God to respond in other ways. So a few weeks ago, we, we had a prayer service. Um, we recently had someone uh, get diagnosed with cancer. And it was getting worse and worse to the point that we were just watching this guy deteriorate. We were like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do. We brought him on the stage. We prayed like two, three Sundays. Wasn't really seeing anything. So we decided, let's just have a healing service. Let's just pray for everyone, anyone who needs it. And we had uh, one girl come up, homeless individual in our town, living in an abandoned building, raccoon stealing her food every night. And she comes up, and her boyfriend had just been pushing him around, pushing her around in a shopping cart, because her pain wasn't, her leg was in so much pain. I think her knee, I think it was some kind of arthritis. It leaves me at the moment, but it was real bad. And she came back the next week, and she's like, "It's gone. I haven't felt pain since." And I, I gotta tell you, Jamin, I don't believe in any of this. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, you do now, though, right?" She's like, "No." <laughs> okay. But like she, she just, she couldn't wrap her mind around. She's like, I don't believe in it. I've had people tell me they got healed before, but they weren't healed, which is an unfortunate thing that does happen. Uh, and so I'm just, you know, I, I've never believed that God does this stuff, but it happened to me. I don't have words for it. I still don't believe it, but it happened. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well you do with that what you will. I'll let God keep working that out in you. We had this other lady uh, in a, I think a car accident seven and a half years ago, pain in her back, completely gone that night. In that moment, uh, she got prayed for. And man, I got to tell you, since then, her life, she's just been like, what more can I do for God? How can I get involved? Why? Not because of a good message, but because she had an encounter with the one true Jesus still alive, ruling from the throne. And that motivated her for, for more of God, to want more. How about the guy with cancer? Uh, when he went back for his report the following week, it had dropped on a chart significantly. It wasn't gone, but it dropped significantly. And over the following weeks, we saw it keep dropping little by little. Uh, more color restored to his body. He looks more healthy. One before we prayed, he just like couldn't even uh, get around. He was always feeling sick. But then. As he was getting better, he started uh, going golfing. His life started returning to normal. All kinds of stuff. Now, I'll be honest with you, he still hasn't been healed. Uh, there is a guy that Jesus had to pray for twice to be healed. So I figure if Jesus has to pray twice, maybe i got to pray a few hundred. But we're still praying. Week by week, we are trying to grow in faith to say we will pray and just continue to see what God does. It's been fluctuating ever since, kind of up and down, uh, back on some medicine, but we continue to pray because God doesn't call us to just give up, just forget about it. We know that eventually all of us are going to die and that there is that point like we all naturally will die. But we press in in this moment to say, I don't think now's the time. And so we want to rebuke cancer. We want to see you healed and we'll continue to pray. And it's out of that faith to continue praying for people that we've seen other things. This lady came up to me once. She's like, Pastor, I can hardly talk. Will you pray for me? I'm like leading worship. I'm like, what do you want me to do right now? I was like, sure. Uh, hang on one minute, everybody. And so I, I'm just kind of like praying for her. And she's like, yes, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And her voice just completely comes back. I watched it right in front of me. It was the weirdest thing. 
Uh, someone with a heart mass. They have it one day. We pray. They go to the doctor. They come back like they couldn't find the heart mass. It's a mass. You don't just lose a mass, you know. Uh, and uh, one lady early on at church, you know, she, we're just worshiping. And someone's praying for her. And then she falls to the ground. And we realize that there's a demon here. So we cast it out. Well, actually, this, this is funny. We weren't successful in casting it out. I don't know why that's funny. I'll tell you why it's funny. Uh, <laughs> she went home and it would like manifest at night while her husband would be like sleeping in bed. <laughs> and it would just like start creeping him out. So finally it's like, hey, can you guys finish the job? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's bring her in. So we bring him in, tiny little girl, but she's got so much strength in that moment. We got like kind of hold her in a chair and just pray until finally we see the full release of this demon. And, and in that moment, you know, we see this, this other kind of healing. Often in the Bible, actually, demons and healing get lumped together to the point that some people get healed when a demon is cast out. You ever notice that in the Bible? Jesus casts out a deaf spirit. The deaf spirit leaves, suddenly the person hears. Sometimes, not always, sometimes it's science, sometimes it's supernatural, and maybe other times you see both. But all this being said, um, my life is not the same. My relationship with God is not the same. Why? Because I believe that there's a Holy Spirit living inside of me who doesn't just give me warm fuzzies when the worship music gets loud, but instead is speaking to me. My prayer life changed. It wasn't me just like asking God for wishes like he was a genie. Instead... Scott, here's what I have this going on in my life. What do you think? And feeling like he's speaking back. And all of you have that ability to some extent. Some people are prophets and they hear a lot more clearly, but all of you have the Holy Spirit inside of you if you are a Christian. So all of you have that potential to listen to what God is saying to you. The trick is a lot of times in our churches, we don't train people how to listen. We don't train people how to pray. And the ways in which we sometimes train is to pray for the doctors to do it, not for God. And we're afraid of a lot of this kind of stories that I shared today. You know, like this actually can get lots of people run out of churches. <laughs> but when we are open to what the Holy Spirit is doing, there's no stopping the church. Because he empowered us in this way, not just to take care of one another, but because we are called to go on mission. And if we want to go on mission and actually lead people to Christ and actually make a difference, you just can't do that by your own power. You need Jesus. And how much more successful you'll be in doing that if you go in with the Holy Spirit in the first place. My friend was telling me about a free Methodist church we have in Africa They'll go into villages that they don't know and start telling people about Jesus. These people will start getting ready to kill them. And they'll like tie them up, put them in a room, and they'll just be like, no, no, listen to us. We just want to tell you about Jesus. We just want to share uh, the gospel with you. And we want to pray for your sick. Bring us your sick. They'll bring in the sick. They'll pray for them. The sick will get healed. And the whole city will get saved for Jesus. Now there's a way to do ministry. <laughs> right? So that is part of the call to you today, uh, is to grow, to press yourselves, to become more discipled, not by your own effort and strength, but by engaging the Holy Spirit more. 
And I know there's a whole lot more that we could say on every one of these subjects. I've actually written three books on the subject, so I know that there's a lot to say. It's like eight to 900 pages between all those books. There's a lot you can say about spiritual gifts and the supernatural aspect that the Bible preaches because it's on like every page. But that being said, the Bible invites us into a bigger world, not in which we just serve God, but we cooperate with him. So uh, as we get ready for communion and the band comes to the stage, uh, I invite you today to remember communion is not just about um, Jesus' death. It's also about his resurrection. It's also about him coming back to life and, and ruling from, from the heavens. The cross, actually, the Bible continually comes back to it, that it's not just about our sins being saved, uh, our sins being forgiven and us being saved. Some of the Bible actually talks about how this was dethroning Satan. That the cross itself was spiritual warfare. And that if Satan, if the powers, Paul says, if the powers knew what the cross would have done, Satan would have never put him on it. And so it's an invitation to the backwards world of the cross, the backwards world that the Bible paints, in which the, the least are the greatest, in which we are called to not just do things for God, but to cooperate alongside of him. So as you partake in the body and blood of Jesus in the bread and the juice, I invite you too to partake in the spirit of Jesus. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is. Right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All different, but all the same. In fact, Paul oftentimes will call the Holy Spirit the spirit of Jesus. That's how synonymous they are. So let's welcome Jesus in here. Here's what we're going to do. Me and Doug are going to come down with uh, um, sacraments. We'll, we'll be up front here. Uh, who I'd like to serve first is our prayer team and then our uh, ushers as well. Um, so we're going to have them partake first because we want to have them uh, be a part of this. In this spot over here where it's a little bit bigger, the prayer team is going to gather. That includes my brother. He's part of our prayer team at 1208. Uh, Joel's going to join there. And Joel just felt a real call to just kind of pray for you guys last night. Here's a few things that came to his heart about things you might need prayer for today. So if any of these respond to you, and we, we don't say like these are the words of God. We say like we're trying to listen to God. Maybe these are from him. It's hard to tell sometimes. So if any of these line up with you, we suggest that you just go get prayer. And if nothing lines up with you, we still suggest feel free to go get prayer. So uh, a few things. Um, Doug, would you mind giving the worship band or very while I do this real quick? Uh, someone who has a stone exterior, but an inner flame waiting to emerge. Someone who might have a calling to ministry overseas. Uh, someone who God has uh, shed a light on two different paths to take, but it's still unclear which one you're supposed to go down. Uh, spiritual experience uh, from the movie Because of Wind Dixie. So just if you've seen that movie and there's a theme in that that has always stuck out to you, there might be a chance today for you to give prayer for that, that theme. Uh, stinging pain in the right side of your scapula. Someone who's emotionally walking on sand and wants a firm foundation. Uh, struggle with alcoholism and desiring God will help you 
recover to stop self-pain and the pain you're causing others. A smoking addiction that very few people are aware of and you're very good at covering it up. Spiritual cleansing of the heart and mind uh, where God wants to pick up the pieces and put them back where they belong. Similar to how you teach a child to clean their room. Paralyzing fear from an ex, uh, from a previous relationship when someone's looking for revenge. And then I'll also add a twitch in the left hand between pointer and middle finger. And then sometimes these words get a little weird, but we try to just be faithful to God and put them out there anyways. Fear of dinosaurs. I get it. Dinosaurs are not real, but I, it doesn't take long just to think of my own life seeing Jurassic Park when I was too young and never wanting to see dinosaurs again. Uh, so we just put words out there for you. If any of those feel like you, maybe uh, go get prayer from the prayer team. If you have something else you need prayer for, maybe go get prayer from the prayer team. Um, and uh, you're welcome to take communion in your own time. So we'll be present up front. You can come and take communion when you are ready. We're going to sing two songs. It gives us a space to just kind of be with the Holy Spirit, listen to him, work with him in this time. So as we get ready, feel free to come when you are ready. Thanks. Yeah.